We have State of the Division for Thursday, June 2nd. Thursdays mean we talk the NL East. I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein, the managing editor at JustBaseball.com. I'm flying solo today to give you your update on the National League East, which means, of course, you're going to get a healthy dose of Mets content as this is the most exciting team to watch in this division, if not in the National League, if not in all of baseball. They are currently on a run where they've won 10 of their last 13 games since Max Scherzer went down. They've built up a 10.5 game lead over the Braves in the NL East. They're 35 and 17, 18 games over 500. Last year, we saw a Mets team that also jumped out to a lead in the National League East and carried that lead for 90 days. The interesting thing is, everyone might want to compare these two seasons and say, once again, the Mets are off to a fast start but the Braves could still catch them and run them down just like they did in 2021. But I'll tell you, it's going to be a lot harder this year, actually doubly hard than it was in the 2021 season, because despite the fact the Mets held that division lead for three months, the largest lead they ever had over that 90 day span was a five and a half game lead in the division. As I already mentioned, they have a 10 and a half game lead over the Braves right now, 12 and a half game lead over the Phillies, 13-game lead over the Marlins, and the Nationals 17 games back of the New York Mets. What we're seeing with this team right now is they are currently the hottest offense in baseball. Francisco Lindor has an RBI streak of 10 consecutive games where he's driven in 20 runs. He's vaulted himself up into the top five when it comes to the RBI leaders in baseball. Pete Alonso also on that list. Those are the two run producers in the middle of a lineup that's getting great production from guys like Mark Canna, Louis Guillaume, Jeff McNeil, Brandon Nimmo, Starling Marte is getting hot. It's a lineup where a lot of guys are getting on base. And then you have Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso cleaning up some RBIs. The Mets have gotten by with their rotation, even with Max Scherzer and Tyler McGill out, Jacob DeGrom still out from the beginning of the season. They have found a way to cobble it together with certain contributors like David Peterson uh, coming up from AAA Syracuse. He's been up and down all year and has been very effective when on the mound for the Mets. You have Trevor Williams, who they got last year in the Javi Baez, Pete Crow Armstrong trade, the throw-in piece. Well, he's now been a key cog helping this team get off to the great start they've had this year, a 3.56 ERA. Uh, so you see what the Mets have done up to this point, and there's no reason why they can't continue that There's no reason why they can't get even better as the season wears on. Tyler McGill should be back at some point in June, maybe a couple weeks away. Jacob DeGrom expected to be back as well. That's going to boost this rotation even further. And then you'll get Max Scherzer back after the all-star break, most likely. Now, when it comes to the other teams in this division, the question that we talk about every week on State of the Division is do they have any hopes in catching the Mets? And we always start with the Atlanta Braves. One of the things that I think is really interesting to talk about with this Braves team is at what point do they close up shop? Last year, I was making the argument on my show a lot that as great as the Mets were, they weren't putting their their foot down in the throat of the opposition. Currently, they're doing that. They're building a a huge lead. They're sweeping their division rivals. And, And so right now, the Mets are looking a lot more like a team that you know, really can't be caught. And that's going to change the perception um, of the Braves season. You know, last year, 
they saw the door was open. So instead of trying to fold up shop and calling it a lost year, they went out and they made trades. They got Jock Peterson. They got a Rosario. Um, you know, they went out and, and they tried to get Rich Rod to, to help out their bullpen. Are they going to be adding this year with, you know, being potentially 15 games back when they get to the trade deadline? It's something to monitor because the Atlanta Braves are going to be a competitive team into the future. They have Ronald Acuna Jr. They have Ozzie Albies. They have Matt Olson. Uh, they have now uh, William Contreras as a catcher who is tearing the cover off the ball. Make sure you stay uh, keyed in at JustBaseball.com. I know we're going to have an article coming out by our guy Clay Snowden soon about Contreras. There's a lot to like for the future of this team. But at the same time, you have some pieces like Dansby Swanson on the final year of his deal before he hits free agency. We've talked about him a bunch. Could they go out and shop Swanson? Let's just say you're a team like the Angels, and you could use a shortstop for this run. Would you uh, you know, make a deal there? Could the Braves get some prospect capital back by trading a Dansby Swanson? Could they also look at Charlie Morton? a veteran pitcher who's at least starting to get a little bit better after a rough start to his season. Could he be flipped? Kenley Jansen's on a one-year deal. Adam Duvall is out there. Even though he hasn't had a great season, I think very similar to when the Braves acquired Duvall last year, there might be another team out there that says, you know what, let's take a flyer on Adam Duvall. So I could see this Braves team actually being able to get a lot of pieces back if they were to decide to hit the lost season button and sell off their pieces. And so that's something that I'm very curious to watch. They're going to run this thing out, you know, heading into the deadline, but uh, you know, that's something that can definitely happen here with this Braves team. And for the long-term future of the franchise, that might be the best call. When you look at the other teams in this division, it's hard for me to really, um, you know, be that passionate about what's going on and about their future, particularly the Phillies. That's a team that I think has maybe the worst future in this division outside of the Nationals, because what can you really count on in Washington outside of Juan Soto? But you look at what they've done defensively. And I just wrote an article for Just Baseball titled, Just How Bad Are the Phillies Defensively? Because they're currently uh, leading baseball when it comes to the worst defense in the sport, with a minus 31 defensive run saved mark as a team. That is 13 runs worse than the San Francisco Giants, who are at minus 18 defensive runs saved. And you look at what the Phillies have done defensively throughout the last 10 years, and they've been the worst defensive team in the National League since 2012. The Mets are the second worst team, and they are 200 runs better over that decade than the Phillies at 300 or minus 374 defensive runs saved since 2012. The only team that has a worse defense than the Phillies since 2012 is the Detroit Tigers with minus 571 defensive runs saved. But if we key in on this particular season and look at what has made the Phillies so bad defensively, you have Bryce Harper, who isn't the best defender in the world, but you compare him to Nick Castellanos and it's night and day. Having him out because of that tear in his UCL, that has forced Castellanos and Schwarber into the lineup every single day on the outfield. They've also had Alec Bohm, who originally was not supposed to be their starting third baseman because of how bad he was defensively, looking more at a DH bench role. Now he has suddenly been thrust in as the everyday third baseman because Bryson Stott struggled out of the gate because Gene Segura has just gotten hurt. He's going to be out now. 
for three months with a broken finger. Didi Gregorius has been out. So they've needed Bowman, the everyday lineup at third, and he's been terrible. I mean, not just just on the surface, Hale, but we're talking about one of the worst defenders in baseball, terrible. Minus eight outs above average is the fourth worst mark in baseball right now, and he doesn't fare any better in defensive runs saved. Minus nine defensive runs saved. That is tied with Tyro Estrada for the second worst mark in the game. Who is the worst defender in baseball, you ask? Well, that's Nick Castellanos. Minus 10 defensive runs saved out in right field, minus five outs above average, ranking in the bottom 3% of the league. In the other corner, you got Kyle Schwarber, who you would think would have maybe a little bit of a better arm as a former catcher. But if you go to my article here at Just Baseball, you can see one of the worst relay throws of all time as he just spikes the ball into the dirt. He is worth minus four defensive runs saved, minus three outs above average. Uh, beyond that, you have Didi Gregorius, who's been worth minus four defensive runs saved, minus three outs above average. Reese Hoskins uh, has been just a normal zero on defensive runs saved, minus two outs above average. Bryson Stott, minus two defensive runs saved, minus one outs above average. They have six everyday players right now that rank in the bottom 25% of the league when it comes to team defense. They've been losing a ton of games. They had a five-game losing streak before they finally got one against the Giants. I look at this team, and not only do I not know where they're going this season, I don't know what they could do to tear it down and rebuild for the future the way the Braves have a clear path to do that. Are you going to suddenly try to trade the Castellanos and Schwarber contracts? What do other teams think about those deals considering the bad defense? I don't know where else you can go with this team. You're not going to trade Zach Wheeler. Um, it's Aaron Nola a trade piece because he's getting close to free agency. They got some tough decisions to make, but I don't think those decisions can result in, in nearly the type of franchise altering moves that the Braves could make right now where they could really stockpile. So I, I look at the Phillies and they're in bad shape. Whereas the Marlins, even though they're a little bit worse in the standings, a half game back from the Phillies, uh, they at least have this young pitching that is unbelievable. Edward Cabrera just had a great debut for the Miami Marlins. Uh, we're going to have an article going up on that as well. I think I just saw Arm Layton is planning on writing that up. Uh, you, you look at what he did in his uh, debut against the Colorado Rockies in Coors Field, too. Let's not forget where that was. He had a no-hitter going uh, for a while in that game. Ends up giving up one hit overall. Walked four had nine strikeouts in six innings. Having this kid up now just adds to their rotation. We know what they've gotten this year from Pablo Lopez and Sandy Alcantara. Now you add another guy into the mix, not to mention you got Max Mayer, who could be up at some point this season. I think that their pitching is so good that we could see the Marlins leapfrog the Phillies at some point this season. But even if they don't, they at least have a future to bank on right now. Jesus Lazardo has had his moments this year. Uh, you know, I think Trevor Rogers is not going to have a 5-8-0 ERA for the remainder of the season. He will be better. So with that young rotation and also with the emergence of a player like Jazz Chisholm, I think the future is brighter uh, with the Marlins. But I also think that there's very little chance that you're going to see them really add to contend this year unless they can start reeling off some wins, getting over 500 and staying over 500 before the deadline, because there's just simply a, a very, um, you know, slim chance that they could make the playoffs, even as a wild card team. Closing things out with the nationals. Uh, not much that I really have on them. I will say that we will see Steven Strasburg back soon. 
that's going to be massive for them. They really need Strasburg uh, to help this rotation and to at least show that there's something left in the tank. But the history of guys coming back from thoracic outlet syndrome is pretty terrible. This is the same surgery that Matt Harvey had that really derailed and essentially zapped him of all of his stuff and, you know, effectively ended his career as a successful starting pitcher. Um, we've seen others in the past really struggle with the surgery as well. This is not a surgery like Tommy John where there's a lengthy rehab, but there's a high success rate. It's the opposite. It's a lengthy rehab. Um, and, and there's a lot of uncertainty if guys can come back from it. Strasburg, as talented as they come, uh, there's a chance that he can figure it out. But if he doesn't, that contract looks like even more of an albatross. You already have one on the books in Patrick Corbin. And that continues to, to push the Juan Soto discussion to the forefront, something we'll be talking about on State of the Division for the rest of the year, at least leading into the trade deadline. Could they potentially move Juan Soto? Is there any team out there that could put together a package that would entice the Nationals? Are they finally going to just uh, come to get together and sign an extension with them? A lot that they had to figure out for their future. But for this season, really not much um, that they can do to hang in there. I think I'll see this Escobar who's been one of their better contributors is going to be out for a little bit. I know he pulled the hamstring the last game of that series against the Mets. So that only makes them worse. They got D strange Gordon out there every day, about five years beyond when D strange Gordon should be an everyday player. Uh, not a lot that you would like with the Washington nationals, regardless, that's going to be all for this state of the division national league East uh, edition. Tomorrow, we will have the NL Central with Ethan Budowski and Clay Snowden. Make sure you are checking out our YouTube channel if you're listening to the audio side. We really appreciate if you find us on YouTube. We'll leave a link in the description if you can follow us and subscribe there. Uh, make sure that you tune in again tomorrow. And also make sure you are checking out all the different articles we have going up at JustBaseball.com. A lot of great stuff in the National League East in every division in baseball.